Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hello, everybody. So glad you all can make it back to another venture podcast. Uh, in case you are not aware, my name is Dan Wills, and I am the host uh, of Venture Podcast, and I'm also the lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And uh, we're just so, so excited that you can join us today as we can, uh, wrap up uh, a four-part message series that we've been talking about. Uh, we've been looking at what's called the good work. And we've been looking at an incredible story about an ordinary guy uh, from the Old Testament named Nehemiah. And, and who does a, a very, very good work, right? Uh, and, and so we're excited to continue on and, and actually conclude this. And so I want to get started with uh, kind of talking about um, you for a moment. Uh, here's what I know about you. And I believe with the, this with all my heart that you are not created by an accident, that by the goodness of our God, he knew exactly what he was doing when he made you. He, he formed you, gave you gifts, passions, desires to do something that makes, this, uh, makes an internal uh, difference in this world. And, and that today, I believe, is that the Spirit of God will speak to many of you, to, to stir you, to shake you, uh, to move you, to inspire you to a good work for the glory of God. I believe that God has a good work for every single one of us, okay, uh, to do things that make an eternal difference. And that is the reason and a purpose uh, of why I believe God has placed you uh, to listen to this podcast today. So let me bring you up to speed about Nehemiah, okay? Uh, in case you have missed the last uh, few weeks, um, I, want, I want to catch you up. Uh, if you would like to catch up uh, yourself, you're more than welcome to just kind of stop right here at this podcast at this point and, and go back to a couple weeks ago. We're in week one where we, t- where we started the good work and just kind of follow along from there. But the question is, who is Nehemiah? Okay. Nehemiah was this ordinary guy from the Old Testament. He was not a, a prophet. He was not a pastor, not a king, not a warrior, not a building contractor. He was a regular guy who was actually serving the king of Persia in a role uh, known as a cupbearer. Uh, he was kind of like a consultant or a servant and an advisor to the king. And so if you missed earlier weeks, we studied that in the year 587 BC, under the reign of, of evil king Nebuchadnezzar, the, the Babylonians came in and completely destroyed Judah, crushed Solomon's temple, burned the gates, left the city in complete ruins, and, and literally thousands and thousands of Jewish people were taken into captivity. Decades passed and no one could seem to rebuild the wall. And then one day, Nehemiah's brother traveled to see Nehemiah and told him about the plight of his people. And Nehemiah's heart sank. You know, he was broken on the inside because the people of God were vulnerable. They had no leadership, no direction. And so Nehemiah started seeking the heart of God. And what you'll notice is over and over and over again, he prays all through the book. Right? You'll see 12 different times recorded in Scripture that he prays and he, and he seeks God. He goes before the king. Uh, he, asks, he asks permission to leave his job, to, to travel back to his homeland, to try to assess the situation, uh, to perhaps assemble some people, to believe that God could maybe do through him what had not happened through, through anybody else. 
Perhaps God could use him to lead the people to rebuild the wall. At first, uh, things did not go well, but eventually they started to make progress. Uh, But what do we know? As soon as we start to make spiritual progress, as the work goes down, the opposition always heats up. And the moment you start creating movement on behalf of the things that matter to God, your spiritual enemy will show up and try to resist the very work that God put onto your heart. In fact, let let me say this. If your enemy can't destroy you, he will distract you, okay? He will do whatever he can to take your eyes off your mission, off your calling, off your purpose, and distract you from God's will. And that's exactly what happened in this story. The wall started to go up, and the enemies, uh, Sanballat and Tobiah and a guy named Geshem, showed up and tried to distract Nehemiah off the job. And that's why the title of this message today, why we, we, we close up this, this series, is it's called Shut the Door on Distractions. Okay, Shut the Door on Distractions. So let's look at Nehemiah chapter 6, and, and you'll see the enemy's plan to divert Nehemiah off of God's mission. Okay, Here's what scripture says. Nehemiah chapter 6, starting with verse 1. When word came to Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it, though up to the time I had not set the doors and the gates, Sanballat and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. Now, he's, what he's saying is, Nehemiah, stop building the wall. Stop doing the work of God. We, we don't like you. We're trying to stop you. Okay? Meet us at the one uh, of the villages uh, in the plain of Ono. Now, here's my first tip of this, of this podcast, all right? Uh, is, and if you want to write this down, you can. Okay? Whatever you do, never meet with your enemies in a place called Ono. Right? Don't ever do it. Whatever you do, don't go to Ono. Just saying, obviously it's a not a good place if it has to name itself after or saying by saying, oh no, you know. Um, what's interesting to me when you look at this is to think about how someone like us today in our context, okay, might have translated that opportunity to meet with the enemies. Think about what we might say. Like, oh my gosh, they hate me. They don't like, like me. Uh, what am I, what am I, you know, what am I going to do? All right. Well, this might be an opportunity to convert my critics. Okay, maybe we think that. Or, or this is an opportunity to go ahead and expand my influence. Okay, maybe we think that. Or uh, if we want to use the language of today, we might say something like this. This is an opportunity for me to build my brand. This may be an opportunity for me to reach more people, establish and build my name. The problem is what we often think is an opportunity, God calls a distraction. So often we think might that what we might be an opportunity to do something more is actually a distraction from our enemy trying to take us, to divert us off of uh, the very purpose for which we've been created. The enemies say, "Please come meet with us. You know, please come meet with us. We're we're trying to distract you." I would argue that perhaps there's never been an easier time to be distracted in the history of the world than it is today, right? So many distractions everywhere you, you look. It's so, so easy to become great at doing things that don't matter. It's never been easier to be passionate about wasting your time. If the devil can destroy you, he'll get very excited simply distracting you, okay? So what do we see in the story? Okay, the enemies, the critics, they ask Nehemiah for a meeting. Hey, Nehemiah, let's have a meeting. And Nehemiah rejected the meeting. Why? 
so he could stay on task and keep building the wall. Nehemiah, will you meet with us? No, not going to happen. Nehemiah, can we have a meeting? No, no, it's not going to happen. Nehemiah, we want to talk to you about your philosophy and help you see another way. Nope, 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 and no, it's not going to happen. I will submit to you that one of the most strategic skills that you can develop in order to do what God has called you to do is, is to have the ability to say no to other things that might distract you. No is one of your most important words. We don't want to be distracted by the things that could take us out of God's perfect will. So how do you say no? When someone asks you, can I have a meeting? You know, can we do this? Or can we, can you come and do this for me? Or whatever it might be. How do you say no? And so what I want to do is I want to teach you today very carefully how to say no. Okay, the way you say no is just like this. You say it like this. No. <laughs> That's how you do it, okay? Uh, it's just simply as that, okay? And when you say it, you don't have to frown. You don't have to be angry. You can even smile a little bit, okay? But you just say no, okay? Here's the deal, though. Don't say maybe when you mean no. Don't waste time. Don't waste anybody's time. No is a complete sentence, okay? You don't even have to say no because it's no, 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 okay? Even Jesus often said no. There'd be crowds of people and he'd heal a lot of them and then he'd say, you know what, I'm done for the day. And he would walk away. He wasn't being mean, uh, he was being wise. There were many times he would have to say no to the crowds so he could say yes to his father. I need some time with my father. And here's, here I wanna talk to, to those of you who are leaders, okay? You're gonna make a difference, right? No is one of the most important things. You cannot be available, available to everyone all the time. If you're always available to everyone, eventually you will have nothing to give to anyone. We must be strategic about our no. We don't say no because we don't care. We say no because we really do care about what God has called us to do. Just because you could do something doesn't mean you should do something. Four different times, the enemies ask for a meeting. Will you meet with us? 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 And four different times, Nehemiah gives them the same exact answer. No, I'm not going to do it. Let's, 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 let's just talk, Nehemiah. Let's, let's just stop building and let's talk. No, 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 and no. But the fifth time, Scripture says in Nehemiah 6, verses 5 through 7, he says, the fifth time, Sandalot sent his aid to me with the same message, and in his hand was an unsealed letter in which was written. It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says it's true, that you and the Jews are plotted to revolt, and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to those reports, you are about to become their king, and have even appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem, to say, there is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king, so come, let us meet together. He's basically he's spreading a rumor. There's this rumor going on. Don't let the whispers of people distract you from the call of God, okay? Don't let it happen. Don't let it pull you away. I hope you understand you will never do big things if you're distracted by small-minded people. We're never going to let the opinions of others take us away from the calling of God. So you see, there's a rumor. 
And I had a mentor uh, tell me this one time, and, and this will hopefully speak to some of you who are dealing with some of your critics right now. Okay, my mentor told me this. Don't worry about what people say about you. Worry about what's true about you. Just live a life that honors God and don't let the critics, don't let the haters knock you out of God's mission. There's a rumor. And the guys say, Nehemiah, you want to be king. And he replies in verse 8, listen to what he says. I sent him this reply, nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your own head. Here's what happened. Instead of letting this opposition discourage Nehemiah, oh, they don't like me. I can't please everybody. We're never going to get this job done. Instead of letting it discourage him, God simply made him more determined. Our God is with us and, and we're going to do it. Okay, Watch how it's described in the very next verse. Verse 9. They were all trying to, trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will go to get too weak for the work and it will not be uh, completed. But I prayed, now strengthen my hands. He, Nehemiah said, I just continued on. Okay, No voice of people will talk me out of this calling of God. In fact, if you read in the text, what I love about it is well, the way they worked. Okay, If you read very carefully through Nehemiah, they're, they're, uh, they're up building this wall. And they would work with a tool in one hand and a weapon in the other. And I don't know about you, but I think that's kind of cocky, okay? You, you got a tool in one hand and you got a weapon in the other. And, and we are prepared to do the work of God. And whatever opposition tries to, to talk us off, it doesn't discourage us. It builds our faith. Our God is with us and, and we do the work with even more determination. So what do we, knew, what do we know? Once the wall starts going up, once God starts to bless whatever you're doing, because what I know about you is this, you're created for more, right? That God gave you gifts to make a difference in the church. And as the church out in the world, the moment you take a step of faith, you may see some progress. You'll see some resistance. You'll see the hand of God, though, build your faith. And one day, with the hand in the favor of God, you'll start making a difference, in the, maybe in the lives of students, Okay? Maybe you'll start making a difference discipling people through life groups or small groups. Maybe you'll start being a light and a witness to the people that you work with or go to school with. Maybe you'll start being a voice of love and hope to those who aren't experiencing love and hope. And when that starts to happen and God starts to use you, you have to be careful that you don't let the external success do eternal damage to your heart. Let me say that again. You have to be careful that you don't let the external success do eternal damage to your, to your heart. What's really easy is when we start seeing increase, when we start seeing success, it is easy for us to start thinking it's because of us. And that we're actually entitled to a little bit more, right? In fact, one of the biggest dangers of any kind of success, and, and Nehemiah would have to face this, is the temptation to start leading with an entitled spirit. And if I can tell you just honestly, this is something I have to watch, for, for, watch out for in my own life, okay? It is, you know, as I'm thinking, oh, I'm this and, and I'm that and the other, and I deserve more, and I need some perks because of the sacrifices I've made, and you have to watch for that, Right? Because I want you to see how Nehemiah dealt with the temptation to be distracted with an entitled spirit. Look at verse 10. One day I went to the house of, uh, of Shemaiah, son of Delilah, the son of Mehetabel, who was shut in at his home. 
He said, let us meet in the house of God inside the temple and let us close the temple doors because men are coming to kill you. By night they are coming to kill you. So here's this guy who says, hey, Nehemiah, I'm your buddy. I've got some intel. Your enemies have a bounty on your head, okay? And, and they're coming for you. So let's let you and me go into the temple of God and we're gonna lock the doors and we're gonna be safe from your enemies, okay? What's interesting about this is Nehemiah actually had the authority to go into the temple. But if he did, it would be for personal gain and not for the glory of God. He would have been abusing his power. He'd be sinning against God and he would lose credibility with the people that he was leading. So, so what did Nehemiah do? Well, watch what he does in verse, verse 11. But I said, should a man like me run away or should someone like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. Let's read on. I realized that God had sent him, but that he had prophesied against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. He had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this. And then they would give me a bad name to discredit me. Here's what Nehemiah says. I'm not going to hide out. I'm not taking any special privileges. I refuse to lead with an entitled heart. In other words, this wasn't about me when, I, when we started, and it's not going to be about me now. I, I didn't come to make a name for myself. I came to build the wall, and, and this is what I will do. Nothing will distract me from that. Any diversion nor any distraction, any temptation to do anything else, no, I won't do it. I say no to everything else because my purpose is to say yes to God's calling for my life. We have to watch for it. Whenever or whatever you do starts to succeed, to grow and to blossom, it's no, I will not lead with an entitled spirit. I'm here because of the faithfulness of my God. I'm serving him in the beginning and I will serve him all the way through to the end. What happens? Well, the enemies, they don't go away. I don't care how successful you are, they still show up. In fact, the more successful you are, it tends to be that more of them show up, right? New levels often equal new devils. So just get ready, they're still coming. Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem, they continue to taunt him. They tried to discourage him. They threatened his life and tried to distract him. And, and his response in verse 3 uh, in chapter 6, look, look what he says. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great work and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? A great work. If you remember in week number one, chapter two, we, we looked, at, at, looked at this, right? Nehemiah said, let the good work begin. He knew when he started it, it was a good thing. But as he continued to see the faithfulness of God, he realized this isn't just a good work. This is a great work. This is something that, may, that my God created me to do, put me in the exact place at the right time with the right king to grant me the right provision, to do the right purpose, to go back and inspire the right people, to do something that will outlast me. This isn't just a good work. This is a great work. And Nehemiah sends this message to his haters, to his doubters, to the critics, and says, I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. I'm doing a great work. I can't be bothered by your opinion. I'm doing a great work. Your criticism will not deter me from doing what God created me to do. I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Why should I stop and leave and come down to you? I'm doing a great work. 
I'm not trying to do something that's impressive. My God has called me to do something that's important. I don't answer to you. I'm not trying to be popular. I'm just living out my purpose. I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. And I don't know who this is going to speak to today. I'm envisioning a, a, maybe a mom with toddlers. You know, when I, when I think of mom with toddlers and toddlers just themselves, I, I've been around so many toddlers through daycare life and, and through my own kids and everything. They kind of remind me of, um, of drunk squirrels in diapers. If you can just kind of picture that and envision it, okay? Toddlers are everywhere, right? And they're very distracted by every little thing at any moment, right? And, and here's what I hope you'll hear, moms with toddlers, okay? Because maybe you want to do other things right now in your life, okay? You're feeling a longing to do something different. And I hope you'll realize that this season won't last forever. And what you're doing right now, raising these toddlers, is a great work, Embrace the great work and don't come down. Keep going. The season will pass and you can do more and you're going to do a great work, but don't come down. I'm visualizing someone trying to pay off debt, you know, dollar by dollar by dollar and the hill just feels so big. It's like a mountain. Whenever you hear that you'll never make it or it's not worth it, just tell the enemy, no, no, and no. What I'm doing is a great work and I can't come down. I'm doing what God has called me to do, and I can't come down, okay? Maybe you have a vision for something, a heart for something. You want to make a difference, and it seems like you take two steps forward and, and three steps back, right? But you don't give up the fight. You know that if, if you stay in the game and you do not grow weary in doing good, that at the proper time, our God says what? You will reap a harvest if you do not give up. No, 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 no. You do not understand. This is a calling. This is a burden, and I cannot shake it. I'm doing what God put in my heart to do. I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. You know, this, this story of Nehemiah, is a, it's a crazy, miraculous story when you see the result. So let's look what happens. Look at verses 14 and 15. It reads, Remember Tobiah and Sanballat, my God, because of what they have done, Remember also the prophet Nodiah and how she and the rest of the prophets have been trying to intimidate me. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elu in 52 days. Elu is October, okay? What I love about this story is, though, that there was no supernatural miracle from heaven, okay? There was no talking donkey. There was no fire from heaven. There's no burning bush. There's no bricks that just started falling on top of each other as they came down like rain. There's no parting of the Red Sea. There was no army of 10-foot angels with, with, with eyes blazing with fire, wielding heavenly chainsaws, singing, we are the champions. There's none of those, right? There's none of this in this whole story. There was just an ordinary guy whose heart was broken by the plight of his people. All the way back to week number one, he sat down to cry. He knelt down to pray, and he stood up to act. All through the story, he sought God faithfully. He made his plans carefully. He inspired people passionately. He pushed back the critics, and he kept his eyes on the prize. And whenever the enemies would try to distract him, he said no to anything that was lesser, because he was saying yes to his greater work. Look at verse 16. When all of our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this was work, that, that this work 
had been done with the help of our God. Who was it that was glorified? The one who called for it, the one who empowered it, the one who opened the doors, the one who made it possible, the one who was glorified through it. Our God was there in the beginning. Our God was there in the middle. Our God was there in the setbacks, and our God was there in the victory. And wherever you are in the process right now, our God is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is empowering you. He's storing up within you. He is reinforcing his calling. No man can talk you out of it. When your enemies come against you, your God is still with you. Greater is the one who is in you than the one who is in this world. All things are possible. And when the enemy tries to talk you down, you just look down and, and at them and say, no, 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 and no, I am doing the great work and I will never, ever come down. With all this said, it's been four weeks of inspiration, four weeks of preparation, four weeks of motivation from our God. I believe somebody needs to hear this though. You will never finish what you don't start. You will never finish what you don't start. Sit down and cry, kneel down and pray, and stand up to act, and let the great work begin. Everything you do, do it all for the glory of God, and let your great work begin. Amen. Thanks for listening to another Venture Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this series on the good work, and I hope even more that you'll be back next week for our new series called Anxious for Nothing. We all are anxious about something, right? But some of us get really anxious when it comes to doing things uh, that God has called us to do. So I hope you'll join us next week. Talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.